Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Be Herb Podcast, brought to you by ATN Event Staffing. On today's episode, we go almost an hour with none other than Adam Daniel Weiss, big-time event producer, great guy. You're going to love the conversation with Adam, so buckle up. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, season two, episode two, we can call this the dance version because it's <laughs> two, two of the Be Heard podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Daniel Weiss, ADW as he's known in the streets. How are you? I am doing well, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing great. The snow is melting in Michigan. It's, uh, it, the sun was even out earlier. Um, it's a new year, um, <laughs> maybe an early spring. Regardless of what that uh, Punxsutawney Phil guy wants to say about it, I'm not sure what he said. I couldn't, uh, uh, I didn't actually I, keep track. But me neither. Uh, but yeah. you know, what? I'm up. I'm up in a gorgeous, sunny Vancouver, Canada. We we usually call it Raincouver because it rains so damn much. Um, but it's a uh, it's a gorgeously sunny day, and it is four degrees outside, which I believe in America is something like 37, 38, 39. I'm still learning that. I'm still learning that. Still... Sounds better. Yeah, sure. for sure. I was going to ask you <laughs> because sometimes you're in New York and sometimes you're in Canada, eh? Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, so in, uh, in October of 2019, I decided it was time to take a uh, extended break from New York. After living there for 17 years, I decided it was time to get out of town and uh, decided a change of scenery would probably do me, do me some good. And I landed in Vancouver, Canada. I'm still technically a visitor here. Uh, so everything that I do in terms of my work, uh, is all out of the States in a remote kind of way, but I'm, uh, yeah, I've been up here. It's been, honestly, it's been kind of a great place to kind of ride out the storm. Uh, I'm, a lot of people have said to me, Hey, were you, what kind of, you know, magic eight ball did you have that you were like, you know what? I should get out of New York right before the world goes to crap. And, uh, I just happened to really luck out with my timing. And so I've been up here kind of, uh, watching everything from afar. It's been, it's been very interesting. I'll say that. Uh, a lot of uh, life is about timing, and sometimes oh, you're man, on yeah. the uh, the good end of that, and sometimes you're not. Um, which Absolutely. Is maybe why I live in Michigan, um, <laughs> but it's not it's not all bad. Um, yeah, of course. Did, wait, of course. I got to ask a question about Vancouver. So, yeah. I played college golf, um, and we had some tournaments in uh, in Washington State, and we had some tournaments in the northern Vancouver. But I grew up in Oregon. And we would call Vancouver, Washington, which is in southern Washington, the Couve. Do you guys also refer to Vancouver as the Couve, or is that more of a Washington State Vancouver? So I, I like to think of myself as I'm still a visitor here. So as much as I try and, you know, really become one with the people here, I've tried using different sayings. I've tried using different notions, and I just come up looking like a kind of an arrogant American. So some people do, which, which is, I am an arrogant American regardless, I guess. Uh, you know, some people call it the Couve, some people call it Van City, some, a lot of people just call it Van. Um, but I don't know, I, I haven't heard a lot of people call it Couve, um, but we, I just say Van because I just think it's easier. Um, and I, like I said before, you know, I have heard people call it Raincouver, um, which is an incredibly apt name. I think it rains 300 days out of the year here. Uh, so if you have seasonal affection, affective disorder, this is not the place to be. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's lovely the rest of the time. But that's what we get here up in the Couve or Van, Van City, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I, I, I know it well. I, I know the, the gloom and, and doom that is the Pacific Northwest mm -hmm. very well. 
Um, but I got, but, but I, I got to, I got to tell you, man. Everyone here was like, well, when I moved here, I moved here at the worst time of the year because you move here in October. It's just the start of the rainy season. Everyone's like, I can't believe you chose to move at the beginning of the 300 days of, of rain. And I was like, yep, here I am. Let's let's make it happen. And coming, I'm an East Coast boy. You know, I was born and raised in Massachusetts and we lived in California for a little while, but my family's been in Maryland and I was in New York forever. I love snow. We don't get snow up here really because of the, you know, the warm Pacific breeze, but we do get a hell of a lot of rain. And I moved here and everyone's like, you know what? You stay here during the rain because the, the summer is going to be absolutely worth it for you. And everyone was correct. I mean, I've never had a better summer. It's sad. It's weird to say that as you know, the summer of 2020 was rough on a lot of people and I'm very empathetic to that, but you know, being up here and having a lot of sunshine and vitamin D, it just kind of, it gave a nice, it gave a little bit of positivity during a really dark time in the world. Um, but it was, you know, I'm looking forward to this, this coming summer. I think everyone is, I think we, we've, we've earned it and we, we need it. We need it. Yeah. We're, we're ready. I give the kids vitamin D drops every morning. Uh, You know what? Everyone here takes vitamin D during the winter. I started doing it too. And it's, it helps. (laughs) It helps. Yeah, for sure. Okay, give give our listeners a little bit of background. I'm an oversharer. Um, you, you can give as much or a little background on you as you want. We already know where you are. Yep. We already know you're in the events industry. Um, maybe a little background on, on you personally, professionally to get us started off. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Adam Weiss. Uh, like I said, I was living in New York for about 17 years. And during that time, I had a lot of jobs. I've done a lot of different things. I've lived a lot of different lives. Um, My first job was working at the front desk of a hotel on 57th Street. And um, before that, when I was in college, I worked at Starbucks. I mentioned these roles because even though they happened when I was, you know, 18, 19, I started at Starbucks when I was in high school. Um, Those roles, being at the front desk of a hotel and working at Starbucks really honed my customer service skills. Um, Mm -hmm. And those are skills that I took with me to kind of formulate into client relations through the years. Uh, so in New York, I did everything from, like I said, working at the front desk to, uh, you know, I, I was uh, worked the door at different clubs. I was a bouncer for a little, you know, every once in a while I did bouncing work. It was kind of fun because I'm not that intimidating. Um, <laughs> but I'd like to believe that I am. Uh, and, uh, you know, back probably I'd say in 2000, I would say 2003, 2004, 2005, I was doing, uh, working at a restaurant and then I started uh, working in PR and I was doing PR for architects and interior designers, really fascinating stuff. Um, working with some really interesting people who did everything from building, you know, the, the jet blue terminal at the, uh, at JFK to building, you know, spas around the world. Uh, and you know, PR is interesting. It's a, it's a really interesting industry. Um, it has its pros and its cons. Um, but it kind of led me naturally into doing event production and experiential marketing. Uh, there's a lot that kind of, I think, falls under the umbrella of marketing. You know, there's advertising, there's events, there's event production, experiential. Uh, and I just kind of found my niche in it. Um, one of the people I've been working with for uh, next month, I can't believe I'm saying this, but next month will be our 15th year working together. Um, I've been freelancing with him for 15 years. His name is Thomas Onorato. Uh, Thomas works in PR. He is a, uh, he's a, an amazing publicist who has amazing clients. Uh, but working with him had showed me a lot of uh, event production on the, the PR side, um, which is kind of an, a unique perspective. Um, I, I've, through the years, kind of found myself very operationally focused. Uh, what's the consumer journey going to be like? What's the end result? What are we looking for? And working with Thomas and doing kind of a lot of these PR events um, showed me, you know, like you have to be smart and you have to be thoughtful about how you're 
producing an event because of all the, and I hate to use this word, I really hate to use this word because so many people use it these days, but how many stakeholders are involved? Um, you know, you, you have the publicists, you have the celebrities, you've got the, you know, the clients, you've got the brand, you've got the sponsors, the venue, the vendors. Um, so kind of working with him kind of gave me a really interesting eye in that. And through the years, we've worked with everyone from uh, Madonna to Daft Punk to Brad and Angelina and all these other people. Um, but while I was working with him, I, I kind of made a segue into working in the experiential world. Uh, I've worked for several different agencies. And uh, as of late, I'm just working for myself um, and working with some partner agencies. But I've, I've been lucky enough to work on some pretty kick-ass events. Uh, I've produced uh, activations at the Olympics in Rio in 2016. Uh, I have worked on two Miss Universes, uh, one in Bangkok, one in Atlanta. Um, I, I've, I've, I've done a lot. I'm the kind of person that I say, have a look at my resume and then ask me questions because there's a lot on there and it's probably going to probably going to lead to a lot of questions, but I've, I've, um, you know, I've seen the good sides of this industry. I've seen the rough sides of this industry. Um, but I've definitely enjoyed it. I'm, I'm very passionate about experiential marketing and event production. Um, and I think when you surround yourself with good people and you surround yourself with great events, it only makes you want to work harder, uh, in this industry. And that's my life. And that's yeah, my life story. Industry, yeah. Just as, yeah, you you love this industry just as much as, as yeah. I do. And I can't imagine being in any other industry or doing anything else. And I know you've you've been doing some virtual mm -hmm. events. And I, speaking of you, you don't like using the word stakeholders. <laughs> I don't like using the word pivot very yeah. much. Um, but you've been able to keep working. And, and I think that's great. How, how can people get in touch with you? I'm going to leave yeah, with that just, just in case people don't want. I don't want to forget to do that. I know the uh, ADW mm -hmm. events is the company. Yep that you run, how best can people get in touch with you? Uh, LinkedIn? LinkedIn is probably best. My name is Adam Daniel Weiss, so you can find me on there. And then my website is adw-events.com. Uh, you can also shoot me an email at adam at adw-events.com. Um, but you know what? It, it's funny. We both love this industry so much. I know you and I have worked together many times over the years uh, with different agencies that I was at. And I think, you know, one thing that I've always said to be true is there's something about people in experiential marketing and event production. I think we either have an extra chromosome or we're missing one. And I say that because I think that there are certain things that we can do as members of this industry that other people can't. And I don't mean that in an elitist kind of way. I just think that we are so honed in our skills that we can, we know how to think on our feet and we know how to work smart and work differently. And my friends who work in, in this industry, but more specifically my friends who work in other, uh, in other industries are incredibly smart. They're geniuses at what they do. I can never do what they can do. But that being said, they can't necessarily right. do what we do. I think the, the level of, you know, the level that we work at and what we've seen through our experience has guided us to be able to think smart, think, think better about how to uh, attack a situation and as much as you hate to hear the word, pivot, you know, and that's what we've been doing this past year. It's been, it's been a year, man. It's, it's been rough. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of, we're a resilient community of people. Um, and it's been really interesting, you know, events and, and experiential, we were one of the first industries hit. A lot of people kind of don't realize that because it's not really in their purview. Yep. You know, you would think hospitality mm -hmm. or travel or, or, or teaching and schools and education, all that, but you know, our livelihood thrives on the communication and expression of being together in a room and producing something or producing an activation where we can all, that we're all passionate about. And within one fell swoop, you know, the world shut down and our industry was obliterated, sadly. 
Um, I, I, it was, it was just very sad to see the repercussions that were taken very quickly in their industry. Agencies were closing left and right, uh, you know, and some, some fairly large ones, as I'm sure, you know, I don't need to name names. Um, but I, I can count on multiple hands how many of my friends lost work, lost their jobs, lost, lost their livelihood very quickly as a result of this pandemic. And it's, you know, we're now in a new year and I think there's a lot more optimism and hope and spring is coming and the vaccine is out. And I, I, I think that we're, we're gonna see a huge renaissance in our industry, which is really exciting. Um, well, we're all ready. Yeah. Let's go back to a, a, a simpler time, a, a, a maybe uh, for the short term, a better time. How did you get introduced into the event industry? You mentioned Starbucks. You mentioned uh, at a, working at a hotel mm -hmm. and customer service. Um, tell us what your like first gig in the event industry was like, and how you got hooked. And now, this many years later, yeah, you're still course. loving it. Um, I, this, it's, I think it was my twenty fifth or twenty fourth birthday. Maybe I was looking for a venue in New York to have a birthday party. And um, I reached out to uh, a bar that I believe it's still there. It's called Cielo, um, C-I-E-L-O, which was this cool, like really hip, like dance club, bar, lounge, hybrid situation. It was, it was just a really awesome place. Um, and I reached out to them and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm looking to have my birthday party there. And, you know, I was still young and fresh in New York and I moved to New York when I was 21, 21, 22, something like that. So trying to find a cool bar, you know, I wasn't cool but I wanted to find a cool place. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, you know, oh, I'm looking for a party. And they're like, you know, talk to our publicists. So I ended up speaking to their publicists, um, who are these two girls who uh, they're like, you know, this may not be the right place for you, but we'll find a place for you. And the conversation just started. And um, I was like, you know, maybe I'm interested in publicity and, and bars and, and nightlife. Um, and they were like, well, you know, we're, that's what we do. And I said, yeah, are you hiring? Uh, at the time, I think I had just quit working at the hotel and I was working at a coffee shop uh, and they were like, no, we're not hiring, but be persistent with us, pester us, annoy us, bother us because we don't want to forget about who you are. We're super busy, but you know, maybe something will come up. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I pestered the hell out of them. I bothered them and I made sure that they would not forget who I was. That ended up leading into a job. Um, and it was as much as it was a publicity firm, it was also an event planning and production firm. So we were doing uh, small little things for a couple of different bars and a jean, a denim company. Um, the, it wasn't the greatest experience working with them. I think I got paid $150 a week, <laughs> which, uh, you know, New York City, that's like you walk out your front door and you spend $100 just sneezing, you know. Um, so it, it, was, <laughs> it was an interesting um, foray into that world of events. Um, and that just kind of led me into other event planning experiential things. So my first event was actually planning a birthday party for uh, a guy. It was his 40th birthday party. Incidentally, it was at Cielo. Um, so it was, it was kind of like, even though I was there in the background helping produce this event, I was like, this could have been my party. Um, so, you know, like single tier <laughs> as a spotlight shines on ADW in the corner. Um, what could have been. Uh, but from there, I started working... Um, you know, through the years, just doing a bunch of different things. And that PR job that I was telling about when I was doing interior designers and architects was shortly thereafter. That led me into doing PR and events for a comedy club. I did some events for um, other small agencies. And then I started working with an agency in, uh, in New York whose, whose name I won't give because I think the owner is someone who I don't necessarily care for. I don't think he's a good guy. But anyway, that, that role helped me. Um, I was doing events for 
uh, a large airline for a very large fashion company. And these were pop-up events, which was something I'd never done before. And so going from like a one night party to a uh, something that was really an experiential event, really talking about a brand versus a person. It was, um, it was a, a shift for me. It was something I wasn't used to because I had been to birthday parties and I'd planned birthday parties or, or anniversaries or, or even a wedding. Um, but this is really working with a brand. And there is a lot more that goes to planning something for a brand than it is for just a person. Uh, but that was really my foray into it. And from there, I just started, you know, either doing full-time jobs or freelance jobs or contract work with um, experiential firms throughout New York City, working on projects that were one-offs or tours, which is something I had never done before. Uh, and I found myself at an agency called Escalate, uh, which is not around anymore. They're now part of, um, I believe they're part of Mosaic. Uh, but it was run by a guy named Abe Sorcher, who's Abe's a, he was a great guy. Uh, it was a really interesting firm and he... Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, yep. You know, I mean, he, he kind of took me under his wing because he saw something in me um, as somebody who was kind of interested in the business development side of experiential. Um, so we worked together on a lot of different pitches um, while I was still doing work for Coca-Cola, which was our main client, uh, helping to I helped to launch a zero calorie unsweetened Japanese tea that uh, is called Sokenbicha that nobody can pronounce and it, eventually nobody drank. So it was canceled. Um, but through that work with Abe, I, I, he instilled me with one value that um, to this day I hold true, which is um, we, we had gone out to San Francisco. We were pitching a cosmetics company um, and we, were, we had this amazing idea for concept and they ended up saying no. And I was really disheartened. I put a lot of effort into it, uh, a lot of time. I was really passionate about it. And he said, you know what? I know this is going to sound cliche, but every no is one step closer to a yes. And you know what? It's an incredibly cliche thing to say. But in the moment, it made a lot of sense to me. And it was one of those situations that you kind of extrapolate and say, you know what? You have to learn from your mistakes and grow from them. And you have to say to yourself, how can I take what I just did and use that to make something better? Um, and it was it was a kind of a life-changing thought that came to mind. Um, and after Escalade, I, I was working in a lot of other smaller agencies, working on everything from Remy Martin to uh, then I started working on Samsung at an agency that uh, you and I both know very well. Um, and it, it's through the years, you know, it's it, there's been a lot of different opportunities, a lot of different roles, a lot of different clients um, and a hell of a lot of life, life lessons. Um, and yeah, and a hell of oh, a lot God, of fun yeah. too. And that's that's what I love about the, the industry is it's all, it's yeah. always different and you're always working with different people. And that's why I stayed on the road probably for as long as I did. Cause it, yeah, you might be talking on a microphone and driving a big truck, but it's always a new team and a new brand. And it's, it's, you know, you never know what you're going to find oh, in the absolutely. next city and, and shout out to Abe and, and Ralph at jet fuel studio, a great team, the entire team, uh, quick yeah. shout out to them. Uh, so, because I, I, I can't, <laughs> yeah, I'm the host of the podcast. I give shout outs to whoever yeah. I want. Abe's a great guy. I haven't spoken to him quite some time. So, hey, Abe, hope, uh, hope to connect with you soon. Uh, yeah, it, it's such a fun industry. You know, we do fun things. Uh, you know, it, it's very true, though. Like, it's the saying, as old as the trope is, it's true. It's like, you know, we plan parties. We're not curing cancer. Or we're, we're throwing events. We're not saving lives. It's true. But you know what? This is the kind of situation that you're, we're working in an industry that's, that's made to have fun. Because we make fun for other people. That's our job. You know, not 
Yeah. We need t-shirts, Adam. We need t-shirts. Yeah. We're fun. We, we're, we are we need, so... We need to give people swag. People. We need people to have a fun time. Yeah, not every event is necessarily made to have fun, but, you know, my, my friend's father told him something that he told me that it's also one of those little wisdom nuggets that I keep in the back of my head that, you know, you spend the majority of your waking hour at work. When you're not at work, you're sleeping <laughs> or, or doing other small things, but the majority of your day is at work. If you're not having fun and if you're not enjoying what you do for work, then you're not enjoying and having fun with your life because the rest of the time is, is minuscule. Yeah. So it, it's true. And, right. and it's, that's why I, I love this industry. There are some crazy people in it, but it is so fun, you know? Yeah. Crazy talented uh, and interesting people. I mean, I, I go back to, you know, my history and uh, in being on the road and yeah, you kind of just get wide-eyed of that, like these people at agencies and brands and you know one, one might be a vp at an agency and i'm i'm thinking about a gentleman in particular that works at ueg shout out dan uh bryce uh, who's a dj like a really good dj but then he's also this like kind of corporate but like doesn't have to be so, you don't have to be so like it's not an industry full of suit wearing um uh, you know super like correct you know, not perfect English. Like, I, I just like to, if you can kind oh, of yeah. be yourself, whatever yourself is, I think that you can be yourself. Um, but I like what you said about you, you're bothering mm -hmm. those two uh, ladies at, at the, uh, the, mm -hmm. the Republicists. And that all started with a conversation and yeah. a question, right? You, you started that conversation and then you asked the question and then you followed up. I think too many times these days, and, and I can't tell everyone, every situation is different, but so many times people um, don't want to start that conversation um, or they're afraid of getting ignored um, or someone saying, Hey, stop bothering me. I'm not, I'm too busy right now or whatever, but I think people are open to conversations yeah. these days. So I think if folks are listening, you got to bring it back to Adam Daniel Weiss uh, circa whatever the <laughs> heck year it was 15 mm -hmm. years ago when you just you go into a place and, and maybe it's you're not going into a place maybe it's through email and maybe it's on apps like clubhouse i've seen i've seen people land really? gigs on clubhouse just by S asking send me a question by the way because i have to go on it but that's another story altogether uh you know what uh, i've got i've got sweet. an invite for you i've got not i've actually got nine invites and one is for you and if anyone else is listening and you you have an iphone and you want to be on clubhouse i don't have time to be <laughs> on it as much as i would like uh, so other people should be on there and mixing it up and, and hooting and hollering about yeah, our industry absolutely. that we love so much. You know, I think if I were to think about um, it, really important skills in this industry, and I'm sure it's adaptable to a lot of different industries, is but you have to be persistent in this industry, and and yep. you have to be uh, you have to be incredibly confident, and you have to be persistent, and you have to know that you know there's a very I, I realized back then when I landed that that role with those two girls that. There's a very fine line between being persistent and being annoying. Um, I, I teeter-totter that line sometimes. Uh, and it's something that I think we're always, everyone's continuing to work on with themselves. But being persistent and making sure that people don't forget who you are and leaving a lasting impact is really important. It's really important. And, you know, when you, you recognize the fact that, you know, if you work at an agency or if you're working for yourself, um, no client is promised, you know, no, no project is promised. You never know if a client is going to be like, you know mm -hmm. what, this, this just didn't work. We're going to take our work somewhere else because everyone has the right to do that. So being persistent with people and being 
making sure that they remember you and they recognize you and they appreciate you and you're always continuing that conversation is really important. I, you know, I, I never want any client to think that I'm doing anything else but working for them. Obviously, I'm doing other things, but I never want them to think that they're being put on the back burner. I never want them to think that I'm going to take my time to return their call because I want them to know that I'm there for them. And being uh, ag aggressively persistent sometimes is really important with maintaining that relationship um, and being proactive. So, you know, that's that's when I look back at, you know, 22, 23 year old Adam, I I, I was very proactive at the time. And I'm, I'm proud of myself because I didn't think that I would have been. Um, but keeping that, you know, that bell ringing with my name and hearing, you know, making sure that they knew who I was, uh, got me to where I am. You know, that was just one of the many steps. Um, and, and going back to what you just said, it, it made me think, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the crazy people in this industry, um, whenever I am interviewing someone, um, say it was, you know, at the last firm I was at, say, um, I'm just because of the, the position that I'm in, I'm not the first person who interviews them. I may be like the third or fourth, whatever it is, whoever interviews them before me. I do something, I have this tactic. Um, I will take their resume, look it over when they're sitting across the table for me, and then flip it over and I put it down. It is great that they went to, you know, NYU. I'm so happy that they went to Montclair State University and that they do kickball on the side and that they've worked for these agencies. That's all important. That's relative to you know, what we are doing at the company. But I wanna know who they are as a person because when we are stuck in the trenches of a job, I do not care that you have a master's in accounting or a minor in anthropological studies. That does not matter to me. And it does not matter to the situation. What matters to me is what's your personality like? So I always find that the, the crazy people that I work with are the crazy people that I choose to work with um, because we get each other, you know, we absolutely get each other. So I always ask like, what do you like to do in your spare time? What is your biggest passion in life? What's your biggest regret? You know, what, what's your favorite uh, Broadway show? Just random crap like that. Um, because getting to know somebody and getting to know their personality, because when you're when it's 4.30 in the morning and you're in, you know, in the middle of a mall in the outskirts of Toronto, like I have been before setting up an activation for Samsung, it does not matter to me your credentials. It just matters to me that I can count on you that when the power goes out, which it did, and all of our devices stopped working properly, that we can handle a shitty situation together because it's going to happen. And that's the joy of working in this industry is we surround ourselves with these people who like, we know how to deal in that situation because we know how to work on the fly. And that's the crazy that we all have that we all thrive on, you know? Yeah, you got to harness harness the crazy. And I think I've had conversations with folks in, in HR and recruiting and um, hiring managers at different agencies. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a real big push on how much are others in our company going to like working right. with you? And I think that maybe the, the sign <laughs> yeah, the background sorry. may have uh, <laughs> alerted. Some yeah, some the immigration authority have found may me. Have alerted <laughs> Uh oh, that's that's not good. Um, let let's yeah. switch gears here for for a minute. Um, the past year been rough, like you said, myself included. Uh, our team, our clients. There's, I, I can't think of anybody. Um, maybe a couple people that I've reached out to that have really said like things are fantastic right now. I couldn't be better. Um, and that's you know could be because they are uh, you know high as a kite or drunk all the time. I I don't know. Um, but um, maybe because they pivoted out and became an insurance mm -hmm. agent. Um, 
but very few have been. Which, by the way, my friend actually uh, did that. A, fr a friend of mine oh, is I, now I, a, I uh, a catastrophic insurance agent in Nashville. Shout out to Daniel. He's a great guy. But yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, there you have it. There's worse places to be sure. than Nashville. Um, and, and so have you had any thoughts about doing anything else in this year? I'm not going to say the P word, but have you had any thoughts of like, okay, like when, when you realized that this wasn't going to be a couple month deal, did you think to yourself, okay, maybe I need to do something else? Um, you know what? I've thought that because you know, like I said, at the beginning of all this, it's everything changed for us and all the opportunities and all of the, the, everything that we thought our industry was went away and at the drop of a hat. And it's like, it, you know, you go through a crisis of conscience, man. You, you start wondering like, what am I going to do if the thing that I've been doing for the past 12, 15 years, the thing that I love to do, the thing that I'm so passionate about doing, I can't do, you know, and it, that's, it's, it's a blow. It's a blow to, your ego when you stop working it's happened to me many times it's happened to a lot of people and the only thing that i think i could i, I said to myself was like let's see what happens um and let's hope for the best and you know you want to be optimistic you want to stay positive but let's there's also mm -hmm. being realistic you know my mom always said that there's optimism and pessimism and realism um and i believe that when you're faced in a dire situation like this. You're like, do I, do I transition into a, you see, I'm trying not to use the P word, by the way. Um, do I, I'm, trying, I'm respecting you. Uh, do I try, thank you. Well do done. I try and transition into something that's, you know, a similar role, but where is that role going to be? If no one's doing experiential right now, if people can't be in the same room, what are we doing? And it, it's, it's hard. I, I thought the same, same thing to myself and, you know, what I've done is I've been lucky that, um, you know, my, my buddy, Frank Moran, who, you know, very well, who, uh, I, I love him to death. We, we work to get, he's an amazing, amazing guy. guy. We worked together at McKinney. We worked together at mission. Uh, and then I've been working for his company, um, for a little over a year and a half now, I'd say, um, Frank was able to transition his company, which is the experiential group. Everyone check them out. They do kick-ass stuff. Um, and do, he was working with, um, they're working with an agency that is a subsidiary of WebMD and producing virtual conferences. That's not necessarily in the wheelhouse of what he and his brand do, but he was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. We're gonna seize this moment because these agencies, the, these organizations still need to put on conferences. So we're gonna take the knowledge that we have as physical event and experiential marketing producers and use that in a virtual world. It was rough. I worked on a couple of virtual events. It was not easy. There was a huge learning curve. But you know what? We were all going through that learning curve together. And so right. taking the skills that you have and using them in a different field is not an easy thing to do. I think the blow is softened because we were all, everyone who I was working with, we're all event producers. And now we're sitting in front of a Zoom call that is uncomfortable and a little bit different. So, you know, taking, taking your skills and, and finding a way to translate them into something else I implore everyone to see what is out there because there are, you know, what I said earlier, there's so much under the umbrella of what events and experiential is and experiential will be back. It is going to come back. Things will come back. So in the interim, think about what you're good at and think about taking that and maybe finding something that you can, you know, harvest your skills on a, on a freelance or a contract basis or full-time if you're lucky enough. Um, for my friend who, who works as a uh, catastrophic insurance broker, 
Um, you know, is it what he wants to do? No, but you know what? He was like, I'm not going to let this moment go by without, I'm not going to sit and get drunk and get stoned. And I'm not saying that's what he does, but you know, get drunk or get stoned and just kind of waste away the day. He was like, I've got skills. I'm a people person. What can I do with my people person skills, my analytical smarts? Sure. And he found something else. And is it what he wants to do? I'm sure it's not. Does he want to get back on the road touring with musicians and doing production work? I'm sure he does. Mm. But that, right. you know, it, it's, 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 I had this conversation with my friend last night. We're, I'm in a very different place with Vancouver that our restaurants and bars were, in, were fortunately only closed for like two months last year. So we've been kind of living in a little bubble that we can meet with friends and have dinners and whatnot. Um, so sitting with my friend at dinner last night and I said, you know, uh, we were talking, we we're actually talking about this podcast and we're talking about what we do. And I said, I think a lot of people have, have taken the cliche and done exactly that. They've met the moment, you know, this is the kind of time where it's, it's a trial for everyone, man. We're all, we're all stressed. We're all anxious. We're all depressed. We're all nervous, but you know what, you have to take that time and think if there was ever a time for me to do something that I never thought I would do now's the time, you know, I've been, I, I, yeah. I and, yeah, and right. that's, that's meeting that moment taking those skills and figuring out what can I do? What, if I'm passionate about something, what do I want to do? I read about this woman who was, um, she worked in finance and she lost her job. She's making mustard now, mustard and like, and nut butters. And she loves it. And it's being, it, she's, she was like, it's something that I always wanted to do. I don't think I'm going to go back to finance now because I realized that this little hobby that I had, I took the time. It's like all those people that you saw making sourdough bread. You know, I don't think any of them are going to become full-time bankers now, but they realized that they could do something else with their, their skills that they had. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I have optimism and I have hope that when the pandemic is over, that, uh, you know, we, we can get back to the places that we were. Um, but I think that this has given us a lot of opportunity to learn, I'll learn about ourselves, learn about the industry, learn what works and what doesn't work. And then when we come back to these, in person or to these, these hybrid events that we're all planning, how can we, how can we, how have we learned from the better? Every experience is a learning experience. When you get fired from a job, it's a learning experience. When your industry shuts down, it's a learning experience. You know? I think I may have jinxed uh, our buddy Tiger <laughs> Woods uh, because I started watching like three nights ago, I started watching that two, two part series um, and I finished it mm -hmm. last night, but my, I came upstairs and my wife said, did you hear about Tiger Woods? And it's like, no, no, I'm watching, watching the show. Tiger hasn't called <laughs> me today to let me know how he is, uh, that's yeah. sarcasm, by the way. Um, but I, I was like, I think I jinxed him, but I was kind of, uh, thinking when I was watching the last episode last night of like, when he couldn't play golf, like he lost it. Like that was like, that's everything yeah. to him. Like he loves to compete. He loves the game. Like he's uh, like obsessed. And I think there's a lot of folks in this industry that are very much the same way about their jobs. Um, I mean, it's all a balance and a lot of us need to work on that, finding that balance and, and what that is and what that looks like for them. But I think it's like grieving, you know, a, a loss. Um, not all of us have had a actual, I mean, our dog died last year. It sucked. <laughs> of yeah. course, but the, you know, when you lose what you do, like you said, it's such a big part and, of your life. And look, and I think there's some grieving. Absolutely. hundred percent. And one of the things that I think the pandemic has actually helped with is talking about mental health. You know, this is, this has been a right. struggle for me. I'll be the first to admit that my anxiety was out of control and it's, it, it comes and goes, you know, I, I think 
you know, uh, I, I'm very open about the fact that I, I, you know, I became very anxious when I was leaving New York and it was a really rough time for me transitioning to another city on another coast in another country after being in the same place for nearly two decades. And then everything that I was used to from a workplace environment and from a, a industry, industry environment went away. Um, it took an emotional toll on me and it took an emotional toll on a lot of people. And you start questioning your worth because you think, I can't do anything else. This is all I can do. That's not true. It's absolutely not true. We wear so many hats in the event and experiential marketing agency or industry, and we can do so much. And I think once you take away those blinders and you realize what your worth is and you realize what your opportunity is, you know, it, it, it's actually kind of lights a little bit of a fire under you. Now we do have to wait a little bit before things get back to where we were, but take that energy and put it to good use. Put it to, I revamp my, my resume. I'm working on revamping my website. I am marketing myself. You know, I, if, if I was persistent back in, at 22, I'm a hell of a lot more persistent at 41. And I, I don't want that fire to be extinguished. Um, but I do know that the struggles that everyone's going through right now, whether you're in this industry or not, everyone has had a rough go at it. And I think, um, no, I, right. I think, you know, you, you do have a devastating moment that you, when everything comes collapsing, that you just say to yourself, I gotta, I gotta figure out what I can do. And I hate to say this, but you have to learn how to pivot, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it sorry, <laughs> it's going to come out eventually, but you know, it, it's, it's, I, I have hope. I have hope for myself. I have hope for you and your company and your, and I have hope for everyone in the industry that we're going to become better and stronger and smarter. And it sounds like I'm singing a Daft Punk song, which, um, but it, 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 that's, that is the case that um, <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so upset that they're breaking up, man. I have, I, I, I posted okay. a picture to my, to my Instagram and feel free to everyone stalk me on Instagram, Adam Daniel Weiss, but I posted a picture. I got to do an event with Daft Punk with my friend Thomas uh, back in 13. And uh, we, I, I ended up in an elevator with Daft Punk and Pharrell a colleague of mine and one bodyguard, just like the five of us or six of us, however many. Were. And it, then I got to see Daft Punk take their masks off. That's like a once in a lifetime kind of experience. You know, um, that's what happens in the event industry. You get to see Daft Punk without their masks off. <laughs> uh, I love that. I, I would have been pretty pumped about Pharrell um, mm -hmm. or anyone in hip hop. And I saw the news on teams. I, I think we've got some Daft Punk fans at, at old ATN mm -hmm. event staffing, but um, I, I I gotta be honest with you. I probably only know a couple of their songs. So I feel like oh, I gotta I give it the time a little you bit. Get with... I don't listen to music at work. I, are you a music I, listener while at work? Like I really have to like hone my ADD and like really I hone listen in. To music. If I oh, put yeah. the music on, I forget See, to turn I it back off. I have to listen to music. To me, to me, silence is okay. deafening. I'm the kind of person. Look, everybody has their kind of their own way of working that works best for them. For me, it's blasting music into my head. And that ranges everything from dance music to Broadway. I mean, I, I really run the gamut, but music kind of is a, uh, is a creative fuel for me. Um, I, I loved, I used to work for Ministry of Sound, which is a British record label. It's the largest, world's largest independent record label. Um, I used to produce events for them and I love surrounding myself with good music and good vibes. One of my favorite events that I've ever done um, at CES when I was working for uh, McKinney, uh, which their experiential yep. arm is now part of, is now Chael because McKinney was owned by Chael. It's a whole long story. Someone else can tell you this. Um, but uh, mm -hmm. we were producing uh, this, this huge thing, the Galaxy Studio at um, CES for Samsung. 
And we did it and I was there in 2016 and 2017. And in 2016, we had a DJ um, and it was great because we were really attracting people. We're working in VR and we're producing this experiential pop-up that people were basically on a roller coaster in a seated 4D chair. It was amazing. Um, but I wanted to create hype around where we were and our positioning lend, lended itself well for people who were passing by. Um, but I was like, we should have music, let's have a DJ. And we had a DJ and we had such a crowd of people that there were more people watching our booth than inside of our booth because we had a, we had a limit to how many people could be in there. Uh, but the next year in 2017, we had another DJ and we had these lights that uh, towards the end of the day, you know, CES, it's a long day of working. It's a long, like 10 or 12 days that you're, you're in Vegas, which is about, you know, eight or 10 days too long to be in Vegas, if you ask me. Uh, but you're there and you need to, you need a burst of energy. And at the end of the day, at the end of the show day, our DJ cranked up the music and we put on the lights behind the booth. Just, we, we made a party. Music changes the energy of people. Um, it really enhances an environment. And for me, sitting at my desk, I, I always need to have music on because it also reminds me of better days. <laughs> better days of being with your friends and dancing at a bar or, or better days of being at CES when you're exhausted and you're tired of talking about virtual reality, but you know what, you've got energy to dance and you've got energy for all your brand ambassadors to dance. And we won awards as a result of those projects. And I'm incredibly proud of my work with Samsung. Um, I've been lucky enough to continue working with them through, through Frank and the experiential group and producing some really uh, awesome projects with them. Um, but it's, uh, you know, that's how I work. Uh, for people, I know people who need complete silence and that would drive me crazy. That would drive me crazy sitting at your desk and just working. Uh, I go back and forth, but I, I feel I, th this is how I am. Uh, okay, so let's just say an Eminem song comes on. I'm typing an email to you. I'm going to accidentally type in to the end of the email, <laughs> lose yourself, or hi, my name is Blake. And then I'm going to accidentally hit send without proofreading it. And then people are going to think I'm even more crazy than I'm already am. But uh, I go, I, I go I, back and Trust forth, me, I've really. spelled my name um, incorrectly sometimes on emails because I wasn't paying attention. But that's just a matter of me just having a probably some sort of adult case of ADD. <laughs> but I know exactly what you mean. I, so, I sometimes type I, out the I'll, words in the song. It's happened. It's happened. There's, there's no such thing as, as perfection. And in our industry, I, I honestly, yeah, I like it. I, I, I like not having to feel like I need to be perfect, whether it's making a LinkedIn post mm -hmm. or emailing someone or, or on this podcast with you. Like, I don't feel like I need yeah. to be perfect. I don't feel like I need to be anything other than myself because, um, I mean, I, well, my wife might not agree. Well, that's but a whole other conversation. Uh, look, authenticity <laughs> is the key to who we are as people, obviously. And I make no bones about who I am. I make no bones about the kind of work that I've done. I used that on my resume when I had under um, like my, my skills or whatever. My last one was kick-ass attitude. And people were like, Adam, you can't put the words kick-ass attitude on your resume. And I said, you know what? That's who I am. And if you don't appreciate that, and if people don't appreciate that, th then they're not appreciating who I am, then we're not going to get along. I'll always remember Abe Sorcher at, uh, at Escalate commented, he's like, kick-ass attitude, I love that. Um, and that speaks to the kind of person, the authenticity of who I am and what I bring to the table. I'm very proud of who I am. I'm very proud of my flaws. I'm proud of my, you know, all, all my successes uh, and all the highlights that I've had and the amazing group of people that I've worked with and clients that I've had and projects that I've done. I've produced events in eight different countries. You know, I, I'm, I'm really proud of that. But at the end of the day, like I am who I am and I'm very real and open and honest. And I, I appreciate 
all types of feedback. I, I when I worked at Soho Experiential, I had a boss who, uh, during our our like annual review, I it wasn't a a hundred percent positive. I mean, it wasn't a hundred percent negative, but it was a good mix of highs and lows. I loved that review. It was so insightful for me. And I think that really showed me that like, Adam, you have to be able to take criticism because that's what you grow from. And that's how you become more true to who you are by accepting the challenges that you have and accepting uh, the reality of the situation that, look, like I said, I'm 41. I, I'm, I'm still growing. I'm still learning a lot about myself. I feel better and more confident about myself now than I ever have in my life. And it's through all the good times and bad. Um, it's, you know, our lives are a journey, obviously. I feel like we've taken this podcast into a totally spiritual <laughs> angle. I, I don't apologize for it because that's being authentic. Um, but I, <laughs> I yeah, no, yeah, I'm not mad about I, it, Adam. I, I, I'm I think not mad we, about we, it at all. Because of the past year being so trying for all of us, we've taken a, a deeper look inside and thought about, you know, not only where, where will this industry be, but who will I be when we come out of this? And I think that's helped me grow and learn and had some difficult moments and had some breakthroughs. And I hope everyone has had that. I hope everyone has met the moment and been able to say to themselves, you know what, like, I'm going to come out of this tunnel with this is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I don't want to do. Or this is the person that I don't want to be anymore. Um, and I, I hope that that rings true with people. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I have a hope that we as a, a industry and just people in, in general, as a, as a country, I don't know if I can include <laughs> you since you left to Canada, you, but Appreciate I'll still include <laughs> you. Um, are, are, we just come together and we don't, when we get this in the rearview mirror yeah. and things are starting to pick up. I, I, I will say that, I mean, we're doing a lot more. We did some stuff for Ryan Reynolds and his Snapchat. He's a proud, proud Vancouver boy last week. Proud uh, Vancouver uh, boy. I mean, I can't, it's, just aggravating how he gets better looking every year. And <laughs> I just, it's, it's amazing. And I'm not mad at him for it. And I'm, I, it's I, awesome I actually got working, to see, he was, he was uh, doing a film shoot right now him, in but, Vancouver. And I actually uh, passed by the set and I got to see him doing some action sequences, which is, that's like a bucket list thing for Vancouver, right? It's like, it's like either Ryan Reynolds, Seth Rogen, or Michael Buble. If you get to see one of them, you've, you've hit the trifecta, one of the trifecta of Vancouver. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There it is for sure. But I, I hope we are more appreciative. I hope that we don't forget. And I, I hope that coming out of this, you know, people don't miss the opportunity to have conversations like the one, I mean, you and I, we hadn't slowed down enough to really have a, a personal mm -hmm. conversation like we did late, you know, late last year, you mentioned mental health. I, it wasn't an accident. It literally wasn't a plan, but it wasn't an accident that there was a three month span that I didn't do a podcast episode. It was like maybe November, December. Um, I was not in a great mood most of the time. I, I'm not going to put myself out here and, and pretend to go through the paces and, and do a podcast yeah. if I'm kind of in a junk mood. Um, and, and so I get it, man. It's, uh, it's tough out there for a lot of people, but I think that you're open to conversations with folks, whether they're brand new into the industry or, or been doing it for a long time or people that have, you know, yeah. maybe worked with in the past that I haven't kept in touch with. Um, and I hope people reach out to you, um, whether they're looking for what's next or just want someone to talk with. Um, I would say that absolutely that's what's going to get us through this. Is, is I, the conversations I have found, I think as a lot of people have, that we've been reconnecting with 
uh, old friends, old colleagues, you know, sometimes just to see what they're doing, sometimes to check up on them to make sure they're okay. And sometimes, you know, to, to, to network, <laughs> you know, networking, if I had, if I, you know, like I said, be persistent, but network your ass off, um, make all the inroads that you can, but check up on your old friends, your old colleagues, because everyone has had these, these months where that, you know, you're, it's been rough. Um, I like to, I like to just see how people are doing. It's, I think it's important. Um, things are getting better. Like I said, like you said, vaccine is out there and we're all, we're all, things are on the upswing. Um, but it's, it never hurts to just send a friendly text or LinkedIn message or email. I, I, I welcome all of them from everyone. Please reach out to me. I, I love connecting with old colleagues or talking to new people in the industry. It's, you know, that's what makes this industry fun is those connections that you make and those people that you get to talk to. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're, you're in that, Likewise. that list for me. Always good to chat with you. I'll give you the final, final words. If there's anything else you want to <laughs> know, say, because we're, we're running long. I knew we were going to be long winded. <laughs> I knew it. That's why I put you, an hour. You know, aside. I think, first of all, I, I um, so I'll give you the last you words. Out to me. And I think um, it, it really says a lot about you and a lot about the type of people that we work with um, thinking and caring and looking out for other people. And I think that's, I'm, I'm glad that that was kind of the last thing that we just spoke about. Um, things will get better. I have hope for it. Uh, whether you're staying at home and not working, you're working remotely, you're back in the office, you're on the road, you will get back to where we were in due time. I think taking a moment for yourself and just accepting where we are um, and having the patience and the, you know, take a second, take a beat, take a breath, and then take a step forward is what I say. There, there you go. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I appreciate you being on season two, episode my pleasure, two. Sir. It was great Daniel Weiss. Thank you, you so soon. much. My Good man. luck, everyone. Take care. Right. What I tell you, Adam Daniel Weiss, great guy, awesome conversation. Loved having him as a guest here on the Be Heard podcast. Big thank you to him. Thank you for listening. If you have ideas for future podcast episodes, you'd like to be a guest yourself or nominate someone else, please feel free to do so. Shoot me an email, beherder at atneventstaffing.com or shoot me a note on LinkedIn, Blake Herder. Thank you so much. See you next time.